What is what is your full name? Frankie Page. Your age? Twenty-two. And which church do you attend? I don't attend church. But you are Catholic. No, I don't go to church because I don't believe in God. Welcome to Stigmata, where the fifth wound is Gabriel Burns' spear. This is spoilers. (laughs) 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 A spear is a weenie. (laughs) It's a weenie. Uh, Okay, everybody. Welcome to spoilers. This is Brother Jordan, uh, hosting from Michigan tonight. Um, today we're going to talk about the movie Stigmata, the 1999 classic. Uh, but today we're also going to start off with introductions and an opening question. So guys, I think we're going to go east to east and uh, switch it up a little bit. The intro question tonight is, um, based on the subway experience... Which is pretty gruesome. What is the worst public transportation story that you have, Corey? Uh, hi, this is Corey, also known as Kylo Ren Memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. Man, I don't take public transportation a lot. So this is a tough one. Wish I had some time to really think. I figured California Corey would have a good one. Yeah, but it's, I mean, public transportation just scares me. It's like. <laughs> I've done it, but it, it's just really not a pleasant experience like where I live. I, I mean, I've seen some like hobos fight on a bus in Seattle. I lived there briefly, so that was kind of fun. I mean, it wasn't like the worst thing that ever happened to me. Nothing really happened to me, but I've I've witnessed some violence, so that's pretty cool. How much money did you win? <laughs> Dude, Corey's story probably has so many stories if he's just downplaying this bum fight like i got shit compared to that dude (laughs) Corey's in the cd underground of of simi valley uh who is next weestest pap dog this is pappy recording from Louisville, colorado uh i don't know i think i have a a lot of like flight stories like the main one i can think of is one time i just got stuck in Miami for four days, which kind of sucked. There was like a United outage or whatever. And I was supposed to leave like on a Thursday night and I didn't end up flying out until Monday. Uh, so I lost my whole weekend and I had already been in Miami for a week. So I was fucking over it. So I literally just sat in my room and watched MCU movies and drank all weekend. And <laughs> on Monday. Like I didn't enjoy Miami at all, but that was that was a darker time in my history, but but yeah, that was probably the worst public transportation experience. Fair enough, uh, Josh. I think you're next. Man, I do think I am coming up next. This is Josh from Goshen. I wish our area of the country, Elkhart, Goshen, Dunlap, had more public transportation. There's very little, so whenever I've used it, I feel like it's been when I'm out of town on assignment or whatever. But I think. Man, just off the top of, there's not too many, like I missed a flight once and that sucked and it was like all my fault, but like, I don't know. I'm going to just go reverse answer, uh, best public transport. (laughs) (laughs) And it was actually the Uber to the airport and 
this guy just started digging into trying to get to like my ancestral history, asking me about my German ancestors. Like I know anything about that. I don't know. Really just giving me like an existential experience on the way to the airport. Like just a talkative dude kind of blowing my mind and being out there, but also being like a lovable human. So I'll give a (laughs) shout out to that. I have a quick question. Do you guys like it when people Uber drivers talk to you? I don't like talking. <laughs> of course, no. I wouldn't like a stranger talking to me. Just drive me. Well, there. you're in the right place, Mikey. We have to pay Mikey so much to be on this podcast. <laughs> he hates talking. <laughs> yeah, I charge you guys by the line. <laughs> it's got to be somewhere in the middle. You don't want to be like silent and a serial killer, but you also don't want to like have to continue a conversation. I think. Mm-hmm. Just crank up the tunes, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, Mikey. Mikey, recording from Goshen, Indiana. Um, I would have to blame my worst public transportation experience on Stevie's wife, Lauren. Uh, <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were... When you want to go to Chicago, you got to take the South Shore. So you hop on the South Shore. Uh, we had gone to Lollapalooza or something, and we were coming back. And, you know, everybody's drunk, hungover, all that jazz. And we got seats. We were seated in, like, the the last car or something. And we're all sitting together. And Lauren is like, I don't know, she's freaking out because some guy is clearly drunk. And I think she thinks that he's staring at her for like five seconds or something so she's like can we please move cars so i can get away from this guy he's really freaking me out he was just drunk he wasn't even like bothering anybody he was just sitting by himself drunk off of his ass so lauren made us move up and down the south shore we lost our seats we (laughs) i don't think we were sitting together anymore uh she just really caused a lot of pain and strife for that return trip Man. Wow, no Stevie or Lauren on the pod. To <laughs> Steve, Stevie was Stevie was uh, upset about it as well. He was like, "Lauren, nothing is happening. He's just drunk. Just stop staring at him." Resentment. <laughs> Lauren's so pregnant she's Roasted about to pop. Pod. Just being besmirched on this podcast. Stevie, right? Lauren, we love you guys. Um, Brett, I think you're next. Uh, I don't. Uh, this is Brett recording from Fort Wayne. Um, it's like a tie between every single time I was, I've ever been on the L in Chicago, but I'll, I'll go with a lighter one. I was in Bloomington <laughs> and I was at a bar and I didn't want to be there. So I called a cab <laughs> and I waited out for the cab and then the cab got there. I got in the back and then some douchebag and his girlfriend, the guy comes up to the cab driver. He goes, I'll give you 20 bucks to ditch this guy in the back. I was like, I was like, dude you can just share this cab with me you don't have to he ended up getting in the car but I'm like I I looked at him with a jaundiced eye after that because that was really douchey <laughs> that's it wait you said he got in with a girl yeah him and his girlfriend or whatever they got in but I mean like, I wasn't going to get out I don't care if he paid the cab driver or not I paid for this cab It's I, I signed this contract so you're taking me where I'm going Brett is all about contracts. Damn it. <laughs> Man, back in the day, caps sound terrible. <laughs> I really do. Um, yeah, and then 
This is Jordan again from Michigan. Uh, I would say my worst one is somewhat recently. I think it was the last time I flew back from North Carolina to the Midwest. I woke up from a nice restful nap in my window seat, and uh, the dad who was in the aisle seat was helping his young son or daughter who was sitting between us uh, puke into the bag, and I was like, oh, I'll just like face away, and I have my headphones in so I can't hear, but the smell... The smell is the worst part. Mm. So that was pretty miserable. And we were in the back of the plane, so it took us a while to get out of there. Uh, probably worse than someone getting crucified on a, on the subway, actually. <laughs> Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the name of So anyway. <laughs> so anyways, uh, this movie, Stigmata. <laughs> Great transition. Um. It kind of is nice because it breaks itself naturally into five little portions here. And so I think I'm going to kind of throw it to each of you for each part. And Brett, I'm going to start with you and throw it over to you for this first intro portion. Um, Can you set us up a little bit with kind of what's happening in the beginning? Uh, We do have a few like music video sequences here, but as far as the story goes, can you uh, set the scene for us a little bit? Uh, Are you talking about in Brazil? Yes, sir. Okay, so um, what's his, Gabriel Byrne, Father Gabriel? Um, <laughs> he's uh, you, you find out later he's a priest, but he's uh, was a, a chemist, like a scientist before that or something like that. So uh, he works for the Vatican, and he is there investigating a I guess you could call it a, a, a miracle or whatever. So he's there. Uh, there is a white statue of the Virgin Mary and she has blood coming out of her eyes. Um, one of the, the priests there just died. Uh, so I don't know. That's pretty much what's going on there. And then some kid goes and steals a rosary from the dead body, which just automatic hell for that kid. Automatic and, hell. Oh yeah. <laughs> What's with this automatic heaven and automatic hell stuff. I never knew about this. It's just, it's just Is that in the Bible. Just joking. That's like number two, Corey. Catholic, like, you baby. Can't do that. That's all from the Gospel of Thomas, that automatic stuff. But Gospel of Brett, you did fine with the plot detail, but does anybody else think this might be the best whole part of the entire movie? I thought it was opening? so yes. good. At the, the shots of the, the the blood actually coming down was like, I thought were like awesome. Yeah, the set piece and just the intrigue and... You get your first glimpse of him putting the talk boy, like turning that on, his little <laughs> audio device. You got it. Hi, kids. I'm home early. I think all expectations kind of go out the window when we get that crazy intro music credits <laughs> where it's just like garbage rock oh. uh, for like five minutes taking us Shaz- into the Shazam couldn't even, couldn't even find the song. I was trying to Shazam it, and it was like... Song I found. I mean, that's just the way some of these late '90s movies rolled, man. Like that, like Matrix. this reminds me of like The Craft, or maybe like The Crow. Like, and this just yeah. the way Thirteen Ghosts. It, it reminded me a lot of End of Days. Well, yeah. I mean, Seven. there's one big tie-in and that's Gabriel Byrne for sure. 
She hooks up with a guy too in that sequence. Is that Rob Lowe? I don't think <laughs> no, it is on it's, Wikipedia. But that's the guy oh, who no. stole uh, Kelly Kapowski from Zach. He looks just like Rob Lowe. And he's in uh, Starship Troopers. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, he has about five seconds of screen time in this movie. Yeah, I kept waiting for him to come back, and after a while, I was like, he's not coming back. Steve, Steven. <laughs> no, he, he gets cucked by uh, Father Andrew here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brett, I'm going to stick with you for a minute here, because I think I think you'll be able to explain. I legitimately do not know like the different uh, roles in the Catholic Church. We're in a big Catholic Church. Gabriel Byrne's character, Andrew, brother Andrew, I think is who he is. Um, he's a priest. I don't know. Again, this is why I need your help, Brett. Uh, but we go back to him, and he's reporting back about his uh, findings in Brazil. And um, we meet a few new characters. Can you tell us a little bit about them and the hierarchy that we see here? Yeah, so uh, in the Vatican... Obviously, the Pope is the big, the big tuna. Um, but the next level down from the Pope uh, are the Cardinals. I mean, they practically run just about everything. Uh, cardinals for each district all over the world, um, and then they go is about fifty positions below that. So I would imagine that this guy is an extremely high-ranking Cardinal, and uh, I mean. It, let's just say if the Pope died, he'd probably be one of the Cardinals that would help elect a new one, but I don't really know. Um, and then they all have assistants, stuff like that, like brother is just a term. I, I've seen people use brother for not. Like brother Jordan. Exactly. Not a priest. Can I add a little bit here, Brett? Because I work at a Catholic yep. institution, so maybe I can help a little bit here. But if you've seen Star Wars, the Galactic Senate, it's just it's that. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, the Pope and the Emperor are the same. <laughs> Whoa. Well, the Emperor is the Senate. <laughs> well, that's kind I'm of talking pre pelp pre pelp Wait, oh, but he okay. is the Senate. I am the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone ever told you the story of Jesus the Wise? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he's in charge of a... Um, they look for miracles and stuff like that. So, and they're like an investigative. They're like the investigative arm of the church. Uh, they're always looking for pretty new stuff. interesting job. Pretty cool setup. Yeah, it's not bad. He's got probably a, mm-hmm. quite a bit of power. Which, as you know, Catholics are immune to power. I mean, they've never taken advantage of. I don't it, know of any cases. Not a once. <laughs> <laughs> never. Maybe once or twice, but it was over in like a day. So. so- as Brett said, Cardinal Daniel Hausman, which is the most American cardinal Hausman. that I've ever heard of, but uh, it's, it's <laughs> he's played by Jonathan Price, which is also the High Sparrow in Game of Thrones. Um, it's re- it's really hard for me to separate him from this role, but he's pretty much the same guy to me. You know, corrupt <laughs> religious dude that just takes advantage of it all. <laughs> um, so we're kind of going back and forth between some scenes in uh, the Vatican or wherever his office is, and then back in, what city are we in? Did they ever establish? Pittsburgh, right? Well, yeah, so we're going back and forth. Pittsburgh? Um, thank the holy Pittsburgh. city of Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> the most blue, disgusting-looking city you've ever seen. So, Mikey, I'll come to you on this next part. We first meet um, 
we first meet Frankie in the club scenes. Um, she's a hairstylist. She works in a salon with some cool girls. What do we see next here as far as uh, the first entrance of our new character, Stigmata? Yeah, so she just got banged and she's waking up the next day. <laughs> she's like hungover or something. And her mom calls her on the phone, uh, wakes her up. And she's just like, did you get my package? Uh, and she goes over and checks checks her mail. And she... She was too busy with another package. Yeah, she finds that... Uh, well, we find out that her mom was the one that bought that uh, rosary from the little kid in Brazil. And she had sent that to Frankie as a gift or something. Her mom travels a bunch and she just gave her a gift. And Frankie, I mean, I guess it comes to light that this thing is cursed or something because Frankie is experiencing a bunch of shit after she opens up this package. Uh, but yeah, after that, she's just kind of going about her day. She is making like a cup of tea or something. And this is where she gets like her first symptoms of something is off. Uh, she thinks she's pregnant, but uh, she is like disgusted by the smell of the tea that she just made. And then she like meets up with her friend and they go to work or something, but that's about it as far as the setup of Frankie. Yeah. It's, it's weird because she starts seeing these or starts like feeling the effects of this rosary, but I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think she ever actually puts it on instead. It's like sitting on an envelope with her name on it. And I don't understand the connection i almost forgot about the rosary for a while yeah like how did it transfer or whatever to her right yeah how did the spirit get to her through that envelope with her name father alameda's horcrux was in that <laughs> it just has to be close by i was thinking though too about that like, like I, how come the little kid that stole it off the corpse didn't start getting the uh, stigmata shit going on or like the mailman <laughs> Or her mom. <laughs> um, but no, there, there's another like when she's in the bath in one of these in one of these scenes, she like takes a bite out of an apple, and I was like, ooh, like interesting biblical reference. And then I immediately stopped Ugh. tracking that because it's not worth like clocking references with uh, the quality of film that this is. <laughs> <laughs> she has some weird stomach tattoo, an- and I was trying to like figure out what that was. Sorry, what Pat? Isn't it an interesting biblical reference? Like, I just walked, looked at her taking a bath by herself, a million candles lit, and she's eating an apple. I'm like, who the fuck would ever do this? <laughs> like, this is so, that would take so long to set up, and who eats an apple in the bathtub? Like, that's what are you going to do with the core when you're and done? And does she live in a, in a men's locker room? What is going on with her apartment? Just all tile, and she has lockers everywhere. It's a lot of. She throws one on top of Gabriel Byrne at the end of the movie. A lot of leaks in that men's locker room in there. I think. Can I take a oh. really quick reference from that bathtub stuff? I think a better horror movie, and one that's actually going to scare us, like Ari Aster's Hereditary. <laughs> you're you're going to show a <clears throat> naked body for the shock value, and they went like 99% of the way and I'm not like sitting here rooting for bags. Like maybe some people on this pod do, but like, I feel like the moment they showed her in the bathtub and they didn't show her fully nude. It was like, this movie was kind of saying like, we're not going to take you all the way there or something. Does that make sense at all? 
I was also let down, Josh. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what? I can't stand Patricia Arquette, man. She fucking is the worst. Like, she sounds high all the time when she's acting. I don't understand it. I find her very off-putting as well. I can't quite pin the reason down, though. I Is that her or the movie? Because No, it's her. I mean, it's just like five scenes of her thrashing around all movie. Or four scenes. She never gets to the fifth one, but it's just like Oh, she she's she gets freaking the out the whole movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and then yeah, we sort of do get another um religious explainer narration portion here, which again, Brett, you don't have to step in here because it was a nice uh explainer about the gospels and how they worked. Um I thought it was interesting that they were only given every third page, Josh, since uh, you do work at a Catholic institution. What uh, what do you know of this every third page <laughs> codex bullshit? It's movie trash, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> For your job, are you only given every third frame to edit? <laughs> <laughs> that would be so cool if that were the case. Uh, I think the like power struggle be- between this cardinal and this scientist who is also a priest is pretty cool stuff. And it like actually did have me at the beginning of the movie. Like even at the very beginning, like you said, Mm -hmm. that music video with all the blue, I was like, yeah, these Patricia Arquette scenes are for the birds, but I do like these. I don't know. Jordan, did you see anything in that like power struggle? Did you just hate that? I mean, I hated like the first 45 minutes of this whole movie. (laughs) it it really bothers me when they show a power struggle but it's just like i said do this go do it and then we don't get any of the like background i guess um later when it kind of changes a little bit into like the religious conspiracy thing it uh it was a little bit more gripping for me but yeah these intro parts are kind of rough gabriel Byrne says something that like summarizes his job pretty well around this section he says, I travel around the world investigating miracles, then I disprove them. <laughs> so I think it's a good way to like set up like what he's doing. Like he's only there to like prove the hoaxes, you know? But that's awesome at first glance because really in real life, the Catholic Church, if they're doing their due diligence, should be proving miracles that are bullcrap wrong. They should they shouldn't be taking miracles where they actually aren't. That would just discredit the church in the long run. So you think he's like doing good and at first, it's the way I took it, like a tough job because it's disheartening, but he has to do it. And then it's Jordan, you toss this question to me, this whole thing about the third pages, or he can only see every third page. It's basically like no, it's not because the Catholic church is doing their due diligence it's because they want to so tightly control all the information that's coming out so that's what you experience in your person and <laughs> your job honestly no i'm given a lot of free reign honestly like yeah fair so jordan can you i mean i was hardly paying attention to this movie about 10 minutes in. <laughs> so can you explain to me what the conspiracy is like in the end it's the scrolls like jesus was like had his diary or something out there and somebody the found it text. and he was probably like dude being a messiah sucks ass i hate this or something like what did they not want to get out 
I mean, like, like I think Josh squealed in the background. It really is a sacred text situation that we have going on here. <laughs> What's more sacred than the Bible? What are the these, sacred Jedi texts? What is the Sea Scrolls or whatever? It's basically, I mean, yeah. The sacred texts. This is really Catholicism versus Protestantism. He said in the, there's like this Gospel of Thomas slash the Gospel of Jesus that they're referencing in this movie. And Jesus says it's okay to bypass this bureaucracy slash this church system and go directly to God. And so basically the cardinals and the powers that be do not want that getting out because fuck, that's... Fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah, they want people to be relying on them. I mean, are we supposed to... Did they say that in the plot? Because they have that those like three three title cards or whatever with the what the scrolls were but they don't explain like what was on those pages or i don't know it's just like seems like it was so (laughs) mikey have i have have heard of the dead but it's like are it is are we supposed to have that knowledge going into stigmata like why would nobody have one scene of exposition of like no i don't think that we're supposed to have that knowledge i think i was talking to Brittany about i'm guessing those are probably kept in the Vatican Library and the restricted section. Probably only scholars and people can see them or whatever. But it's there are I mean there are like over a hundred actual gospels that I mean there's a bunch of stuff that didn't make it into the Bible. So I did a little research on this. There is a Gospel of Thomas that was found like a Dead Sea Scroll, 1945 or whatever. There's a postscript in this yep. movie that references it. But basically that whole quote gospel isn't like a story mm-hmm. weaved through like the other ones are. It's just like twenty two or two hundred and twenty like best of quotes from Jesus. Yeah, sayings. So And I yes. think they said like eighty percent of them are actually in other gospels, right? So I'm guessing slash hoping that one of them is split open a piece of wood and you will see me. Turn over a stone and there I am. Because that's said in this movie like nineteen times. Has the Catholic Church in this movie never heard of like the Streisand effect? Like they're giving so much more credibility by covering up these other gospels, and they would be just like, "Nah, that's not that's not shit to us." Again, I don't. I mean, these gospels are are known. I mean, they just didn't didn't make the Bible. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, if a gospel, if a that's what I'm saying. It's like, what was the Council of Nice? Uh, yeah, that's like an ace in the hole. Like, why wouldn't you expose that? Like, this is the real deal. We're the real religion. I don't know why they would try to cover up what this lady is going through. Like, she's clearly experiencing some metaphysical religious type of experience or something. And they're just like, we got to cover this shit up. We can't yeah. let this get out. Yeah, there's your proof. <laughs> this proof of God exists right here. Like, here's a modern day thing you think they want to publicize people believe what they want to believe though like i mean how long in star wars how long did it take uh han solo to believe in the force when he literally saw it like a whole movie that's true kylo (laughs) pokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side kid (laughs) exactly oh my god yeah the church would have to like admit fault and admit that they are wrong about some things but God does exist, and they're not willing to like take that L, which is kind of disheartening. <laughs> At first, I thought this movie would be terrible for spoilers because it's a bad movie. But then I realized 
how many Star Wars references we'd get in. <laughs> but I, I really just want to dive into this, though, because, like, if you were, like, the friend of Frankie and you saw this shit happening, like... Portia de Rossi, Ellen's wife, yeah, is I, one of the hairdressers, so you know the culture at that work. Like, it seems good, it's not. Super toxic hairdresser environment. God. It's toxic. Well, you heard of them whispering when she was in the back. Yeah. No, but, like, if, if one of your friends started showing up with, like, marks on their wrists and their and their back and shit, like, what would you even say? Like, how... I, I don't know. I, I was going to try to do a trivia about the cases of stigmata worldwide and all this stuff, but you can't find any numbers because the Catholic church covers it up. Mm. <laughs> like even from like the first one, it's like Patricia Arquette has a two holes in her wrists or whatever. And they're like, this was like a suicide attempt. It's like, how the hell would she have hammered in the second one? You know what I mean? <laughs> like what, how would that even be possible? Like if I were her friend, Jordan, to your question, I would at least think she's like at a minimum going crazy. You know what I mean? If yeah. not, if not literally possessed, depending on how spiritual she is. I love how she keeps getting released like twelve hours after every crazy thing that happens to her. The doctors are just giving her the go ahead to leave. <laughs> yeah, you should probably hospital. just go home on your own. No worries. Yeah, you need some rest in your creepy ass apartment. <laughs> For Trisha Arquette with like the wrist wounds and bandages, totally brought me back to Nightmare on Elm Street Three, Dream Warriors. The best Nightmare on Elm Street movie, by the way. But anyway. No, I'd, it also cracks me up because Father Andrew, he immediately dismisses her at the coffee shop when she like shows him the wrists at first. He's like, oh, kind of interesting, but I'm good. And then she just like turns them over so he can see the other side. Like, oh, they go all the way through. This is intriguing. Well, she is dismissed because she's an atheist. And, you know, religious right. people are always treating us atheists bad. <laughs> for a little persecution before the podcast even started i know right <laughs> threats and everything i don't think gabriel byrne knows that the curse of stigmata or whatever you want to call it is just transferred through touch of a rosary <laughs> or something it's the same way corona is transferred it's got to disinfect close everything. contact for 15 minutes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, Frankie has holes in her wrist now. She's also been lashed in the subway. Um, man, she keeps... So we've also gone over the very leaky apartment. Mikey, you touched on how she keeps getting let off when she should be on suicide watch, but I think she may have set a record for the most times one person has run <laughs> into traffic in one movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you know, Jesus also battled traffic <laughs> for much of his time in the Bible. I think that was a uh, kind of a reflection on what he experienced. <laughs> I don't, uh, she, yeah, I guess every time she freaks out or something, gets a new injury, she flops on the ground, whatever, <laughs> and runs out the door and into traffic. Uh, but the first time she thinks she sees a woman with a baby and like a red cloth and she throws the baby into the street and it looks like the baby gets run over by a car. And then she runs out there in the middle of traffic causing accidents and stuff. And there's no woman, there's no baby. She just looks like a crazy person. And I don't know what any of that was supposed to represent. Neil Long comes along and takes her home and just leaves her there, I guess. Doesn't, <laughs> I don't know. Everybody's like, so blasé about everything Patricia Arquette is going. I mean, through. was Josh was that baby the Jesus character? 
Oh, there's always like a demon baby. I kept thinking of like Ash. I thought it was like the little pappy baby. <laughs> the little pappy demon. I baby. looked away during this scene, and I definitely thought the corner For of my sure. eye that it was the pappy baby. I had to rewind it. I was like, Kirsten, was that the fucked up passion baby? No, no, no. <laughs> Not to harp on like the aesthetic of this movie, but that's like one of my biggest problems. And in that scene that Mikey was talking about, like the woman's wearing like a bright blue coat. And the baby is like wrapped in this bright red cloth and it should look really awesome, but it's all in this fucking muted, nasty, I don't know what Joshua, you call it like a filter or something. I'm probably not saying that right, but yeah. And the whites are like totally washed out. It's gross. Everything's green. Yeah, it's so gross to look at. Like I don't want to, God, I'm not comparing these two movies, but like a Schindler's List, like the red out, awesome, it stuck out, but this was like Schindler's Light. I mean, it was just like really bad. <laughs> it came to me like a poor version of the movie Seven, actually, mm-hmm. Brett, which is a spoilers um, you hosted. Super sad. That's what Happy said. Like, it's got all the gloominess. They're trying to do like double up on the gloominess, but I mean, you got a movie, a movie with demons and stuff. It's not even close to as gloomy as Seven. So, <laughs> but speaking of Seven, and also another classic like thriller that. <laughs> reminds me of this true detective season one like the movie would have just been so better served with patricia arquette as like just a barely side character that you only see a couple of times through the movie like Mm -hmm. we don't need to see her at her job in the club to realize she's like a normal urban woman you know what i mean i was thinking the same thing like they the scenes in the club the scenes in the uh the barbershop whatever it's called it's just they serve like zero purpose i'd much rather see gabriel Byrne mm. going around exactly. trying to figure out trying to figure out what's going on like fighting with because like they brought in uh boris the blade i don't know if anyone gets that reference boris the bullet dodger <laughs> yes yeah Boris. Yeah. The Bull- like, they, they brought that? him in at the very end they could have had him there doing way more like i wanted to hear about like the guy who was translating like the the linguist uh, Boris the Bullet Dodger, and then the other, the yeah. other. I mean, I, but yeah, they're following her. This the time that she goes to the the club at the the second time. It's like the most useless thing. She did not. She could have done that anywhere, and she had to do that no. in the middle of the day. I mean, yeah. it's they were trying. I think they were trying not hard enough or too hard. I don't know. The fact that she's not religious, so she doesn't know anything <laughs> that's going on in the movie. She's just experiencing this stuff, and Gabriel Byrne has all of the knowledge of what's happening to her and he's like just catching up with her during the day like we have to follow patricia arquette through the whole movie and i don't care about her i want to know more about gabriel byrne solving this mystery i have a question for the old people kylo josh brett why were clubs in the 90s so angry oh i had a question on this too (laughs) ace ventura angry club matrix angry club stigmata angry club they're all so fucking it's like a pissed off environment why are people lots of batting cages yeah why is it all concrete (laughs) chain link fence okay (laughs) we are older than you but we're still millennials and that is a gen x thing and gen x has a lot of angst Mm. angst things were actually lightening up around this time like as grunge started to like fade out and like the late nineties started to pick up, like I think the scene actually got happier around this time. So this is like the happier version of the nineties. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I was 16 when it, 
but I wasn't even 16 when it was 2000, so I definitely didn't go to any clubs, Pap. Sorry. Yeah, I was in seventh grade, so. <laughs> Man, I haven't seen a club scene that good since Dave Skinner's The Streets video, Blinded by the Lights. Oh, play a mistake. It reminded me of Blade. Definitely Blade. <laughs> when he's chopped God, up all I the I love the fact that you went 30, almost 30 years of your life, and then you discovered Blade, and you're like, oh, crap, Blade's awesome. Dude, I gotta watch the next two. I gotta. I'm excited. All right, we're gonna keep moving along this plot. Corey, I'm gonna throw to you on this next one. After she, after she runs out in traffic the second time, um, Gabby B slash Father Andrew chases her into an alleyway. Um, can you give us a little bit about this? Like maybe the only spooky part in the whole movie. Well, she starts to kind of get semi possessed, or maybe fully possessed. I guess. <laughs> Uh, her eyes start to change as she goes through these experiences. Um, one of the big things she does is she starts writing in a foreign language and speaking in a foreign language as well. Sometimes, uh, this is very intriguing to Gabriel Byrne. It's like not a language he knows, but he like takes some recordings and some photos and sends it back to his contact at the Vatican. I mean, at one point, this is, I think a little bit later in the movie, but the guy's like checking it out and he's like panicked. He's like, Oh fuck. He gets the pictures of the language and he kind of tells Gabriel Byrne a little bit, but then he like starts fucking deleting it like rapidly. And I'm pretty sure everyone in the library thinks he's looking at porn, (laughs) 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 but yeah, she starts uh, going full demon uh, at at a couple points. I mean, she has like the, just as a spooky demon part. Then there's like the horny demon (laughs) later on where she's like trying to fuck him. It is an interesting possession. Is that all supposed to be Father Al Medea or whatever? Or is that just him at the end? I think like, she's actually into this? him. And I think he hops on that train, like trying to, what? I mean, he's trying to get Gabriel Byrne to kind of renounce his priesthood. Is that, I think she's definitely into him. I think, I, I feel like that for sure. And then. Why is priest, why is this a demonic possession by a holy priest who's like a good guy trying to get the word out i, I don't understand that premise at all makes could no he sense. just be a it ghost any sense yeah i don't understand <laughs> a ghost. was what he was i mean i don't know what father almadia was doing before this movie started but like was he trying to i don't know do something evil or something was he I, or is he just trying to live I forever think josh or, had a I think Josh was on the right track. I think he made that – he split his soul in two, and that's like a horcrux. <laughs> I think that's the best explanation. There's a deleted scene in the movie where he kills himself before, oh. for real. He, like, jumps off what? the church. So apparently this is him trying not to go to hell, which I don't understand why that's a deleted scene because that would at least kind of help – clarify I, I this was like the most confusing yeah. part of the movie to me like who's actually possessing her and why i don't know if i know that the only explanation that i could find was that at some points they say like the people who are like the stigmatics because they're so close to god and experiencing this that they're also like more vulnerable to demons and stuff yeah they said they that say they said that during the movie yeah yeah no, it's because Dude, it's because nah. uh, unfinished business. Oh, what is this, Casper? This, yeah, the Stigmatics would be an awesome band. Oh, yeah. Just throwing that out there. Um, 
Pappy, I'm going to come to you on this. This is right mm. around the time where she gets some holes in her feet. Um, before the show, you were just talking about how sweaty your feet were. But mm. also, I really wanted to know, like, <laughs> I feel like I've been around you when you've had a like a handwritten essay and we come back to it maybe an hour later and you're like, wait, I wrote that. What does that even say? <laughs> so how, how does it feel to write a bunch and not know what it says? I have some notes on this page and I see Ace from, I think it was Ace Ventura in the matrix. Cause I was trying to make that joke, but I, I first of all, there's a weird, 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 like, romance and like i would even say like almost theme of this movie that's totally half-assed and not developed yeah. like gabriel byrne okay for starters gabriel byrne should have been like the sole focus of this movie i think we've Definitely. talked about that yep. a lot but like yeah there's a whole aspect of his character that he i don't understand like his relationship with women like he he views them he views them as complications but like he, he said that he doesn't like he must have had some kind of like complicated relationship in his past or something. He's not a virgin. He tells uh, Patricia Arquette over lunch. Um, that, like I said, there's this weird attraction going on. Like earlier in Brazil, no, excuse me, in, in the Vatican, I think like one of the only points of characterization that we get from him, like him just being a priest is a bunch of like prostitutes come up to him. <laughs> that was a funny and I like, try to seduce him. Great. And like, I, yeah, it's, it's a funny scene, but it, it's also like, a choice like of this like larger theme that he's dealing with these temptations, I guess, yeah. but I don't, it's just not developed well enough. Right. Like did anybody buy the relationship? Like, first of all, Patricia Arquette's what supposed to be 23. She's uh. a 31 year old playing a 23 year old. <laughs> Wait, you don't think people in their thirties can play 20 year olds. Come on, man. We can do it. I, yeah, Kylo Ren was like 32 and he played an 18-year-old. But like from the get-go, she wants to get in this priest's pants like when she's giving him the haircut. At least they tell us that. He like sits down him. for the haircut. I love that scene, by the and way. She's and like, she's like, hey, how you doing? How's your day? And they're like, oh my God, she's flirting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why they think she's fine because she like has this religious experience and then she's like flirting again. Like, ah, she's good. <laughs> But, but but anyway, I think it's after like it was at the cafe where she has like her feet incident, and then she, I, I might be messing up the timing on this, but then then like when they get back to her apartment, she, as the priest, she's being possessed, writes the gospel on her wall, and this is where you get the line like the messenger isn't important that, or whatever. That's the only part of the movie that scared me, I thought it was also probably maybe my favorite. I thought it was the coolest part of the whole movie. The first time she talked. Through the first time he talked to her, the rest of the time it didn't sound good. Frankie. Frankie. Who are you? The No, no, that's a that's a good point. And like, Gabriel Byrne does what he does in this movie. Like the next morning, he takes so many pictures, and the movie shows us every one of the dozen pictures he takes. And it's so annoying. And like, between that, like the flash, and like the quick cuts in this movie, like if you're epileptic, you're fucked. If you watch mm-hmm. Stigmata, like, good night. Like it's, I don't know. 
R.I.P. That's what the doctors yeah. thought she was uh, yeah. coming down with. Yeah, was exactly. <laughs> and there's so, oh my gosh, when she's running out into the street, it's like chaos. There's like a fifty cuts when she just steps out <laughs> off the curb. It's insane. I hate how this movie is edited. I would call it like Edge Lord editing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we also get some really bad uh, when she. When she finally does get the like holes in her feet and she's on the bed and the bed somehow moves and she's like floating, there's like fire everywhere all of a sudden. But it's the worst fire. Yeah, I've it's ever bad. Seen on like if for '99, it might have been okay. But I said that to Brittany. I was like, "That's some pretty bad CGI." Maybe it was good for '99. I mean, have you seen what The Rock looked like in The Mummy too? I mean, pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, Gabriel Byrne loves a burning set. He's on that burning boat in The Usual Suspects. He's here in some fake fire. It's great. It's not just a clever <laughs> last name. It's. I'm pretty sure there's some good fire in the end of days, too, yeah. <laughs> Spooky spoilers this month has been filled with fire scenes. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that. of Hereditary and Lovecraft Country. Sorry, go ahead, Joe. No, I was just going to have Josh kind of bring us home with the... Uh, this this last part, like I said, is where I actually got a little bit interested with the like actual conspiracy in the church portion. Um, after this last stigmata, the the cardinal and the father, who's like his lackey, they come to to like get her, and they find Gabby B in bed with uh, Frankie. <laughs> um, Josh, there's. A couple different churches in the end sequence here, but we do kind of get a resolution to the conspiracy portion. You want to bring us home here? Well, do do you need, any of you guys get Goodwill Hunting vibes from that lackey guy that the Cardinal has? <laughs> Dude, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that guy's name is, but from just shoot um, me. I don't know what. What do you want me to say here? What just resolve the, cons- the the conspiracy? I don't know, man. What is the conspiracy? <laughs> I don't understand. So they're so, they're trying to cover up like this extra gospel of Thomas or whatever, and so Mikey. Oh, good. Okay, so I was going to t- explain the conspiracy, but Josh, go are ahead. Are they doing an exorcism here? Yeah, the cardinal sends Gabriel Byrne home because he has no power here. (laughs) The Cardinal's like, I'm going to take care of this situation. And he realizes through this exorcism of Patricia Arquette that it's this father, Almadia or whatever his name is. He's trying to expose that there, he's trying to expose that there are miracles in the church, that there is the secret gospel of Jesus slash gospel of Thomas. And this guy, um, What's his name? He's the barefoot beggar from Game of Thrones. You already mentioned High Sparrow. He's yeah. The High Sparrow is so caught up in the bureaucracy of the church. He wants to hide the truth at all costs, even if that means instead of exercising Trisha Arquette, just straight up strangling her with his (laughs) bare hands. (laughs) How are you gonna choke a legend, (laughs) Mikey? Maybe maybe this will help. Okay, so the, the Gospel of Thomas, it's saying that God and Jesus are everywhere in everything you see. You don't need to uh, focus your faith in a middleman, aka the church, Catholic church. Mm-hmm. So the church. they're saying, you don't, it's kind of like, it kind of uh, like goes back to, mm-hmm. I don't kind of, I, I don't know how many Jewish uh, listeners we have, but, you know, mm. people say that they were mad when Jesus came because. 
they sold goats and sheep and stuff to sacrifice. So when he came in and said, you don't need to do that, that kind of caused some friction. Like, you don't need a middleman. It's kind of like that. I know I probably mm-hmm. should have said that second part, edit point. Um, but that was kind of just an example. So, I, yeah, I, that's the easiest way I can explain it. Like it undermines the Catholic Church in the way that Jesus undermined, uh, I don't know, Kind of, Judaism. yeah, it's like, just like a circle of that. I mean, I'm not saying that's what happened. I mean, that's that's definitely an interpretation of uh, uh, the Gospels with the, when Jesus came around, is that they thought that he was kind of destroying their hold on what they had of people. Um, not saying that they weren't really religious i'm just saying you know it's like hey we can be religious and sell this stuff so yeah and the high sparrow is trying to do this exorcism and she starts she slash he starts spewing out all this counter catholic rhetoric and he's like is wayne brady gonna have to choke a bit <laughs> yeah, he's like trying to kill her like, <laughs> to save the catholic church he's like trying to kill her and disguising it as an exorcism kind of that's what i got from it it's me, Father Almeida. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just to kind of end it, I guess, um, Father Andrew comes in and, like, throws him away, and he goes back in and, like, volunteers to be, like, the messenger, I guess. Um, but eventually somehow does the exorcism, so Father Almeida leaves Frankie alone. Uh, her stalagmites are gone after that. And... <laughs> Why did you wait until 50 minutes yeah, in to do real. that amazing joke? <laughs> and then uh, Father Andrew actually travels back to Brazil. This is kind of the ending scene, but he fought, he travels back to Brazil. And Corey, I feel like you're a video game master. He he manages to open like the one miscolored tile in the church to find the Dead Sea Scrolls under there. Did you notice that? <laughs> oh yeah, this guy has played Bloody Ocarina bomb. of Time. He knows where to put the fucking bomb. <laughs> he gets um, the power up. <laughs> it's glowing. It's really up. similar to the spot that it's in in the rock. It's actually really similar to that. It's like uh, Frankie. Do you want to know who assassinated JFK? <laughs> a guy you've never seen or heard of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the end, and then it kind of goes through some of the conspiracy stuff that we already talked about, um, as far as the the Gospel of Thomas being described as heresy and denounced by the Church. Um, I kind of wanted to just open it up here. My, uh, I had a few lingering questions, but most of them have been answered. My one question was like, there are a couple of reverse water drips throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone have any clue Ten- what the fuck that was? It's a, it's a prequel to Tenet. <laughs> but mu- Resurrection, but much better. no breathing. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. It's just that bad stylized stuff, music mm-hmm. video. I don't get where it fits in the story, though. I don't know if he was just trying to do something cool, or every time that happened, that's kind of when the uh, she was possessed. I don't remember. Dude, it's like a college mo- project. <laughs> like, yeah. wow, a drip in reverse. Whoa! <laughs> I promise you, it's a lot cooler looking in Tenet. <laughs> People I, like this I, movie about as much as they seem to like Tenet, Brett. <laughs> that's so Boy. stupid. <laughs> okay, yeah, I had a thing about that. So it has a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes stigmata, which makes sense. Ebert called it the funniest movie yeah. ever made about Catholicism. And 
most surprisingly to me, yes. Gabriel Byrne got nominated for a Razzie, which I think is just like completely ridiculous. Me too. Ridiculous. Like, maybe yeah. they combined it with because it looks like I was actually saving that for uh, the things at the end, but I'm glad you said it. The, uh, it looks like it was you got that for this and End of Days. And the funniest part is another Star Wars is that he lost to Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> but I thought I'll get to that later. But I love Gabriel Byrne in this movie, so. Yeah, but like if we said if we were gonna like if I was gonna propose a way to fix a movie, like first and foremost would be like the overall aesthetic. Like we gotta yeah. fix a lot of this. But then second would be let's retool the story to focus way more on Gabby Pancakes. Like that's the Definitely. main. Exactly. <laughs> that's why he can't get the Razzie. If you come away wanting more of him, that doesn't make any sense. He's yeah. just like the scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Like without him in this movie, this is a direct to DVD release, guaranteed. Hundred percent. Yeah, Why do you call him really pancakes? Big at the time. What, what is this nickname? His nipples or something? Is that what it is? Yeah, I think it's big nipples. Gabby yeah, pancakes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't body shame the man. I I wanted to see those nips, but we never got the sex scene between them, so didn't get to see Gabby pancakes. Yeah, we're not. Course. We can see Patricia Arquette's bags, Gabriel Burns' bags. We don't care. We just need to know you're willing to go there, director. Show us. Exactly. Bags. It's already rated R. I don't understand why they wouldn't have done that. Man, no one backed me up on that as being in the pod. You gotta just change a subject now. Here, 55 minutes in. Yeah, let's no, get into it. No, I'm with it. you. I was muting. I was muting. I can't. I can't believe it's even rated R. It's just spooky. So a lot of bad language and a lot of blood. It's rated R for the yeah. blood. It was actually going to be rated PG-13 and get a lot more audience, but the Catholic Church stepped in and uh, pulled a couple of strings. Yeah, one of the things that I I listened to a different podcast on this movie, and they said that Rupert Wainwright, who's the director, is actually he had directed some music videos for like MC Hammer and some other people, so he is mm-hmm. actually a music video director, and yeah. that made the yep. movie make a lot more sense. Wait, uh, wait, wait! His greatest work, though. And we all know this is Blank Check. He directed Blank Check. Wow. It's a solid movie. It's been a while. Future, spo- future spoilers pick. I'm almost 100% certain. For sure. Um, is his brother Rufus Wainwright? Rupert and Rufus? I was actually looking that up, and then Brittany told me that Chumbawamba sings one of the opening songs, so I got really pumped about that. I'd much rather talk about Chumbawamba anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go grab a whiskey drink real quick. I'll grab a vodka drink. Corey, you <laughs> grab a cider drink. You got to be careful. <laughs> Man. It's true. You don't want to see that side of me. Trust me. No. All right. So this is the part of spoilers when we go to yeses and no. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to follow the introduction order. So, uh, Corey, you want to lead us into yes and no's? Oh, we're following the introduction order. Okay. Well... Isn't that what I, we always do? Sometimes. We change it up, but that's fine. No worries. We always go east to east, and I always <laughs> have to go first. It's bullshit. I, Corey, I'm going to give this movie <laughs> the one yes that it's going to receive on this podcast. Whoa. What? <laughs> Why? What? <laughs> I, I was watching this movie, and I was like... You didn't say anything I was positive. interested and engaged and enjoying it Like while I was watching it like last night or the night before, whenever it was. I really... 
was like sidelined by the fact that you guys all hated this movie. I was like, whoa. Same. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. Um, I liked the style. I know it's like like hokey and of its like time. It's like I said before, it's like the the craft kind of, but maybe like on steroids. It's like an extreme version of that like this like late nineties industrial rock kind of thing that like crept into movies somehow. Um, so there's a lot of that style going on, but I, I like that, so that's fine. Obviously, I don't like it. Uh, it can't be in everything, but in something like this, it fits. Um, the story is slow, and there's, like, you know, extended shots of, like, Gabriel Byrne and Patricia Arquette just, like, talking, and then, like, the audio will fade out, and, like, piano will start playing over them and stuff, but... That montage is great. I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it when that happened. I was, I don't know, I was getting sunk in, and maybe it's not, like the greatest script ever but i think it's well executed and i, I just appreciate it for what it is gabriel Byrne is cool for sure charquette it, it, pappy you really got that in my head where you say like she sounds like she's always high so that's gonna fuck with me now for probably ever and i can see that but i thought she was fine before i knew that so anyway it's a it's a yes for me i liked it uh, well, if I can convert anyone else to the camp of hating Patricia Arquette, I'm glad to do so. <laughs> I, I, it's unfair. Like, I, I thought that the Oscar speech that she gave a couple years ago was like pretty fucking unhinged. But other than that, I don't have any problems with her from a person level. It's just like she just annoys me in the same way that that I forget what you called it, Kyle. The late '90s industrial aesthetic annoys me. It's just this is just not for me. It's a it's a no. This movie's boring and bad. Like the, the extended shots that you talked about. Like there's a. I, I timed it. It was like a minute and a half sequence of Patricia Arquette getting tests that go nowhere. The uh, pregnancy like subplot goes absolutely nowhere. The Gabriel Byrne like being attracted to women isn't like. I mean, obviously he's attracted to women, but like his temptation, I don't think is flushed out well enough. Like if you want to make this movie about something. You could make it about Gabriel Byrne. You could make it about investigating the stigmatic, but like, make it like that he's really hot for her, and that's like that's the that's the thing of the movie is like he is like fighting, like we see him struggling with like trying not to like have sex with her as she comes on to him over and over and over again. Like that would be at least at least more interesting dynamic. I hate this movie, frankly, kind of for what it is. I wasn't scared at all, not even a little bit. Um, watch seven. Watch The Exorcist back to back, and you've gotten the best part of like anything this movie has to offer. Uh, solid no. Me? Oh, Josh. This is Josh from Goshen. Pretty sure I'm next. Um, the cool thing about Gabriel Byrne is that he keeps getting knocked down, but he gets up again, yeah. and you're never going to get him down. <laughs> yeah. I'll give this movie a no. Um there's an episode of my favorite podcast at least it used to be mysterious universe where it's kind of like this like a girl in her a lady in her mid-20s late 20s is like kind of searching in her spiritual life she's like kind of reading some texts but really she's just all about like clubbing and like living and one night she takes some e and goes to this club and while she's like sitting there thinking about like life and like this little moment this supposed portal opens up and she sees like a vision of her life play out basically what I'm getting at is there's so many cool angles this could have gone in this like podcast that probably cost 10 bucks to produce 
is able to produce like a way cooler. It's just a shame because there's a lot of rich, sto- there's a rich well here to pour, pull an interesting story from. Uh, it's going to be a hard no. It's just really boring and... You know, Jordan, it's spooky spoilers, so I was waiting for anything to scare me throughout the entire movie, and there's Classified nothing. There's, I, was waiting f- I was waiting for a demon. I was waiting for, I don't know, like something to possess her and really fuck shit up. She goes around killing people or priests or something, but not nothing. She's just thrashing around on various public transportation services freaking out getting new wounds it's just all really boring um and yeah i uh, it's just the music is terrible the whole aesthetic is bad and uh, it's i think it's i think it's scary to like one specific group of people it's probably uh, a horror movie for catholic people or something just because it's so niche to them but i mean for any other person it's like this is there's nothing here there's nothing there's no plot there's we don't have any motivations for father almeida or anything it was all just very poor storytelling to me so i'll give it a hard no thank you mikey brett okay i'm gonna try to i think i'm gonna say a lot here i'm gonna try to keep it okay so i agree with a lot that pappy and josh said like i think this movie could have been better a lot better with Gabriel Byrne, who I actually thought was really, really cool in this movie. Um, I've always been a big fan of his. And Josh, I think you're right. He's got a lot of rich stuff. But I know, guys, hold on to something. I actually quite like this movie. Um, Whoa! I enjoyed it from start to finish. I, I actually, from like 15 minutes to about 45 minutes, I actually thought it was really, really good. I mean, it's not quite as good as Wainwright's uh, Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him, the movie, but um, I, I don't know. I, I, I found the information really interesting, and I was just really into it. Um, like I said, I thought when she talks through, when he talks to her the first time, like the first sentence, I thought that was creepy. I thought it was really awesome, and then I think every other time, every other time after that, I think it just sound sounded outright bad, um, which is, okay, this would be my last thing, and I'll, wrap it up like Brittany and I were talking about how like it wasn't scary last night um they did show something that's like one of the scariest things to me and they didn't go with it more and I think you guys were talking about it in hereditary like when they mentioned the picture and they're like who's who's in the room with us like who's in that mirror you know what I'm talking about yeah that never went anywhere I know and that stuff scares mm-hmm. the living bejesus out of me and they think you guys talked about that in hereditary right like there's you could see the the grandma or something in a room or yeah. a picture or something that kind of stuff yep. freaks me out and i'm kind of glad they didn't go into that more even though i think it could have made it cooler but that stuff freaks me out and i'm i feel like this movie is full of a lot of missed opportunities but i'm with kylo i i, I didn't really like the aesthetic but i liked i liked it i mean i was into it that's it it's it's a pretty it's a solid yes for me interesting yeah um, Pappy, next time I win trivia, will you please uh, remind me to check our list of audience requests? Because I feel like my last few have been whiffs. Um, <laughs> well, it's been almost 12 months apart uh, 
stigmata and return to paradise. And I don't know if our servers can handle the amount of plays <laughs> that these we're gonna get from all of the demand from these. I'm just trying to help out, you know. Um, no, like I said on the last episode when I picked this movie, I literally just had it in an iPhone note under spoilers picks, and I don't know where I heard of this even. Um, I'm guessing it was on another movie podcast somewhere that it got mentioned in passing. Uh, I thought this movie, especially for like the first 55 minutes, maybe an hour or so, was super, super fucking boring, and I actually said out loud, uh, this movie is super boring and sucks, and almost turned it off last night to like finish right before this today. Um, persevered through it. I do love a good conspiracy, so it was a little a little bit uh, redeemed towards the end, but it's just it's not very good. And so it's a it's a flaccid no for me, which gives us two yeses and a couple hard noes. Hey Joe, can I no's. can I add something real quick? My, what is this? Okay, I know. Yeah, yeah. Everyone hates uh, Pappy hates Patricia Arquette, but she was married to two spoilers royalty people during this movie she was married to nick cage and then after that she Whoa. divorced him and got <sighs> married to thomas jane so i mean okay i thought you were gonna say <laughs> no, no, no. Sweet. but yeah she was married to <laughs> that's what i was waiting for uh, uh, nicholas cage during this movie she needed uh, the money Oh jeez! About that, but it's 2020. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, yes or no is on her attractiveness. I'll give it a yes. East to uh, east. No. Uh, she's pretty hot in True Romance. Mikey. I only heard like three answers there. Wow. <sighs> okay. Um, it's a no. She's uh, half demon <laughs> or something. Yeah, she's half demon. She's got holes in her greasy feet. Greasy too. Oh. <laughs> One extra um, spot all right, so. Mikey, did you say what kind of food that makes this? Kind of a mixed bag. Oh, this is uh, <laughs> this is day old holy bread uh, and stale holy water. <laughs> what are those little crackers called? Well, it should the have a one. crisp to it. Body of Christ, it's been left out too long. Yikes! All right, so we're gonna get started on trivia. Does anybody need a break, or can we go ahead and Do it. go straight to it? All right, sweet. So. As I said earlier, I tried a couple different ideas for trivia. One was cases of stigmata. Uh, that doesn't work because you can't find numbers because the Catholic Church, hide, Church hides it. Um, the other one was you don't know that uh, <laughs> incidents of epilepsy, which is also really hard to track because the Catholic Church um, hides this it. This last one is just going to be <laughs> exactly yeah. Um, <laughs> I just didn't feel like reading all the medical studies, but. What I landed on was not nearly as interesting, and it's going to be 1999 movies where Stigmata is actually number 47 based on gross box office earnings. Um, what I want you guys to do, and we're going to go in the order that Pappy sent earlier, is we're going to try to name the top 12 movies based on box office that year, and it's going to be a one strike, you're out. But you do have a lifeline in which I will name the top build actor in the next highest movie that has not been named, if that makes sense. What year is it, Jordan? Um, 1999. 1999. Box office movies. 
Also, for the record, this was the last episode of Spooky Spoilers 2020. Uh, I say with a heavy heart, so the host has a blank slate to choose from. Damn it. I will also defend myself again that this is labeled a horror movie. That's the reason that I chose it. So I'm first, or who did we say? Uh, yeah, so the order is going to be Mikey, then Kylo, then Pappy, then Josh, then Brett, and we're going to go Snake. So Brett will actually go twice, then back up the ladder. What, but it, 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 don't I have an advantage? That is an advantage. It's one strike, you're out, so yeah. Okay. You can win without answering. Wait. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Brett. You're right. We should go back uh, to the top. So we'll go Mikey, Kylo, Pap, Josh, Brett, then go back to Mikey. You do have the one lifeline, so use it wisely. Mikey, any 1999 movies in the top 12 you would like to name? Gosh, Brett just high sparrowed you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can live with that. I'm, pr- I'm like 99% sure Matrix is a 99 movie, so I'll say The Matrix. The Matrix is number five. Excellent answer. It's literally the only one I can think of. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I'm done for the next round. Um, Kylo, you're up. Uh, the Matrix is a good selection. Um, Mikey, though, we just did a podcast on a 1999 movie that I'm pretty sure was wildly successful. That is called The Mummy. It was wildly successful. 155 million. Great answer, Kylo. Uh. Pat, you're the up only next. one that I could think of right away, I'm glad Corey didn't take it, would be Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Whoa. That is yeah. number one. Automatic win. 430 million. <laughs> this is incredible. Josh? I don't think this is going to be top. What does it have to be in top 12? Yeah. What is the Stephen King? No. The Mist? The Mist was 19 that was 2007 i don't know oh the it mini series oh shit <laughs> use your, use your lifeline. lifeline bro someone already said that yeah li- lifeline it josh you were just going through past episodes you weren't even like yeah. thinking of 99 movies yeah like hereditary missed. <laughs> either we talked about 1994 movies or we talked about 1999 movies recently and it's killing me the top build on the next highest movie. So, Pappy already named number one. The top build actor for number two is Bruce Willis. Um, That's a dead giveaway, dude. That's a dead giveaway. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, six cents? Josh. That is correct. <laughs> Am I up? Am I out? Six cents. What year? Six cents. Oh, that's correct. Yeah, you're in. <laughs> yeah, that was right. right. Of course, it's right. No! <laughs> I don't know. It made right. that much money. Uh, I'm gonna ha- have to take a my lifeline. All right. One moment, please. The top build in number three is. Mike Myers. Oh, ooh. 
big '90s guy, Mike Myers. I will say uh, Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Wayne's World. Correct. Nice. That's number three. Dang. Brett has used his life. How many lifelines do we get? Can we do that every time? Just one. Um, who went Mikey? first again? Me. I'm using a lifeline. For number four, the top build person is Tom Hanks. Mm. Ooh, that's a hot lead. In 99, also big 90s guy. I want to say Castaway? That is incorrect. My Ooh, that's what, I, been my that's guess. what I would have guessed. Ooh. Um... Kylo Ren memes. That's got to be the Green Mile. Incorrect. Oh! That was my other choice. I don't know what else. <laughs> so can I use the lifeline? Well, I don't think you need to because he already used it. It's it's just you and me, right? I'm in. Josh is in still too. I'm going get... So I was trying to figure out if I should give you the second build or the first build for the next I'll make it one. easier. I know this movie is 1999 for sure. I just don't know if it's in the top 12 because uh, it's a spoilers movie, The Blair Witch Project. Excellent, Pat. That's in the top 12? He's in and does not use his lifeline. That is number 10. It's a huge hit. Oh, my gosh. Huge hit, Josh. And Don't listen up. to that episode. One of the worst episodes of Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't make it through that. That'll one. be behind the Patreon. You can pay extra to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> we keep the good stuff behind the paywall. <laughs> Two. Okay, so I, this is like I should be able to pinpoint this year better because I was in high school then, just barely. So I was a freshman. I can't remember if our it was our coach. Okay, so this is a really crazy story. Our our basketball <laughs> coach took us to a movie because we did something good as a basketball team, and it was either 1999 or 2000, and it was Oh Brother Where Out There, Where Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Hmm. Spoilers, baby. Oh, I I gotta go with it. I think that's I think that was sophomore year, which would have been 2000, but ugh, I'll go with that. I didn't ask for the story or anything. <laughs> oh we can edit all that out. <laughs> I award you no points. May God have mercy on your soul. Brett. Wait, what was the answer? Me? Wait, no, no, no. I'm yeah, not saying up. it. It's still up for grabs. First of all, Jordan, that might have been my one of my all-time favorite things that's ever been said. That was really funny. <laughs> so, Brett, you have you're miss, we're missing number four, six, seven. 9, 11, and 12. I'm going to have to piggy bank on somebody else's lifeline that I don't think nobody ever answered the Tom Hanks one, correct? Right. I was wondering about that. I don't know. This is my best guess. I'm going to say Toy Story 2. Oh. Great guess, Brett. That is correct. Excellent work. Pappy, do you have another? I need a lifeline. All right. The top build on number six. You guys are really killing this category. Top build is Tony Goldwyn. Holy I don't know. Crap. Don't know. Do you have any other guesses? Good game, Brett. No. Uh, movie. I don't even, I do. I, um, I do uh, okay. 
All right, let me think. Uh, I'll do this. I, this isn't going to be that movie. That's fine. South Park Bigger Longer Uncut? No. That was... Actually, I think that was just above Stigmata at number 46. Yep. Yeah. Uh, All right, Brett, you need a correct answer to wrap this why? up here. Why? Because you have you and Pappy have answered the same number. But I have the advantage. Mm, okay. going to go to a tiebreaker if you can't get one. Um... I don't think this movie made that much money, but it won Best Picture. I'll say American Beauty. Good guess. Incorrect. Dang. Yeah, I didn't American think so. That was a good, good thinking guess. Tony Goldwyn. What the? Who the yeah, fuck who is the that? Fuck is Tony Goldwyn? <laughs> Tarzan. I fucking hate him as Tarzan. much as I hate Tarzan. The, the missing ones were Tarzan, Big Daddy, Runaway Bride, Notting Hill, and. Uh, the world is not enough. Big Daddy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the world is not enough that made it. Been... <laughs> so bad. Is that the one with Halle Berry? No. Let's die another day. Terry gets uh, Terry uh, Hatcher. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So tiebreaker then. Is everybody back in? <gasps> oh, no, what? No. No, no, no. Everybody's, everybody's back, back in. in. <laughs> just Brett and Pap. All right. So I did have one little. Oh, this is this sounds terrible. I did come up with one epilepsy question, which <laughs> <laughs> didn't work for the whole group, nice. but it works as a tiebreaker. So because this movie, <laughs> because this movie is uh, full of flashing lights and whatnot, um, I would not advise anyone from these countries to watch this movie. But I have four countries here, and I need you to tell me which one you think has the highest prevalence of epilepsy as of 2017. Are you ready for the countries, Brett and Pat? Yeah. Wait, wait, so I, to Brett will just, I, one of us will say a country f- first? How does this work? Um, okay, since Brett has the advantage, I'll let him name first, and Pappy, you cannot name the same, or actually, Brett, would you rather name first or last? Mm. We can't you, you, you can't name the same one. I'd Holy rather go first okay the countries are ethiopia cameroon ecuador and panama so we got north america south america and two africa um oh my gosh this is not even close to the any of that i would have guessed um i will say uh, ethiopia all right you talking about total number, choices? total number or per capita? Per one thousand. Ecuador okay, Scott. Can you get, can, sorry, man. Can I get my choices, please? Pappy, the choices as I listed them were Cameroon, Ecuador, and Panama. Putting aside Brett's Ethiopia choice. I'm gonna say Panama. Panama. nice tribute so ethiopia has 29 roughly 29 cases per 1000 people panama has 57 cases per honestly he is our winner honestly when you said it was per capita when you said it was per capita i knew i had lost because i went with total number because ethiopia's got more people than those other three countries combined so I, I knew I was going to lose when you said that. So good job, Pat. Man, just taking my moment of basking. Don't <laughs> care. I got, I got cheated. Here. About... I got cheated. <laughs> oh, man. Feels good. 
Pappy, congratulations uh, for the audience. Uh, Pappy, one of the co-founders of Spoilers, uh, gets to choose the movie for next week. Um, sometimes we break here to give people a chance to take a pee and do. Pappy a chance to think of some random-ass movie that no one's ever seen before. What do you need, Pappy? <laughs> give me like 30 seconds. All right. Uh, Let's throw to Spoiler Man? Yeah. Cool. Because I got all my spooky movies at the top of my list spooky. here. Spooky. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And we're back. Uh, we've been getting some comments that we're going to read. Thank you guys for engaging with us on the socials. Yeah, so we love it when people like engage with us on any social media. And we get quite a bit of that, but there's a few we want to shout out in particular. And the first one is Anzel Hendricks at Hendricksfilms underscore on Instagram. Great account. Regarding our podcast spoilers, uh, <laughs> Who Be Halloween episode. He said, I mean, OFC, a fucking chorus. It's not Korean or Wenders, but it's not trying to be. It's an enjoyable time. Hubie Halloween captures the spirit of Halloween and fall extremely well while making fun of other Adam Sandler films in the process. Uh, Hendrix Films underscore, we love that you love it. I honestly had a little bit of fun watching it, but... Um, I don't trust that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Spirit of Halloween for who? Who's <laughs> Halloween is like that? Also, probably way more importantly, are our Apple reviews that we get. And I think Corey has one of those for us. Yes. Spoilers did get an Apple podcast review from a long acronym name, OFWGKTA1. <laughs> uh, it says, guys are great. I listen to all the movie reviews that I've seen and listen to them at work and love to see different POVs and different things I didn't see before in that particular movie. Great stuff, guys. Very nice review. Uh, thank you. Wow, that was super nice. I feel bad for him because I'm sure he hasn't seen Stigmata, so he'll never, <laughs> ever hear that <laughs> review. <laughs> Good point. Read the Hamilton I, one. I always expect the worst with these social media engagement reviews and whatnot. Um, no, thanks, guys. Uh, Pappy. You have your yes. 80s movie that you teased in our uh, break there. Yeah, I, I had it down between a 2011 movie or an 80s movie, and I was such a good sport, I let Brett uh, dictate the course of where we're going to go. This movie, uh, the top build person actually jumped out in the very early days of spoilers when we first started calculating manually, just going through the <laughs> movies and like doing a tally mark of who was the king. Uh <laughs> He was the early king for a very, very long time and got passed by some other Star Wars uh, uh, co-stars co of his. Uh, but I was surprised. I think it was the It podcast I was listening back to. I actually didn't catch it at the time. We were talking about Amish culture, and we were schooling Kylo a little bit, and he like was surprised that we had buggies like in our neighborhood. So I'm going to go with Harrison Ford, uh, King in Our Hearts, Viggo Mortensen, 1985, Witness. Great wow. movie. only Oscar nomination. Never seen it. Never seen it either. It's slow, but it's good. 
I take it back. I've seen like 10 minutes on AMC or something, but yeah. Can't, Witness. Can't uh, be as slow uh, as Stigmata. <laughs> you know it's, what? His, it's his jury and Just dark, as religious. <laughs> Staring at Harrison Ford for two hours, I'm okay with. You want All Indiana right. Jones to be your dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mikey's dad, Harrison Ford. Bags alert. Bags alert. Yes. Thanks for joining us, everybody. That was spoilers. I think Joni Mitchell's really overrated. Dude, she just shrieks the whole time. It's like she's got a nice voice. But, like, why do that falsetto shrieking? That's not good. I think her whole career is built off the fact that she hung out with Bob Dylan for a while. She she hung out with a lot of famous people. She dated some famous people. I think that for sure. Plus, she's, like, the melancholy missus or whatever. I don't know. I made that up. I don't know if that'll stick. <laughs> that will. Yeah, It'll stick. <laughs> that was spoilers.